Hey everybody, so I want to try something a little new this week. I've been toying around with the idea of creating a podcast, and so I thought instead of writing the blog post this week, I would record a podcast and see what you all think. So listen to today's podcast and let me know which you prefer, the written word or the spoken word. All right, so let's talk about um, our topic for this week. Now, last week we focused on self-love and specifically we talked about how to silence the inner mean girl and how she holds us back from creating the life that we love. This week, we're going to focus on um, love and connection with our significant other. And specifically, I want to talk about one area that I notice a lot of us working moms struggle with, and that is when our significant other doesn't help out or do things around the house, usually pertaining to childcare or home care. So when that happens, what can we do about it? So why does this matter? Why does this prevent us from being mostly unbusy? In other words, why is this a big fat waste of time? Well, let's first look at how this plays out, right? So your spouse or significant other doesn't do something that you think he or she should do. And you're like, oh, why am I always the person who's doing this? They never do this. It always falls on me. And then you start thinking of all the other things that they don't do that they should be doing, right? So they never do this and they never do this and they never do that. And then you start thinking of all the things that you do, right? So now you're like, I always do this. I'm always the person that's taking care of this. And then you start assigning a deeper meaning to it. You're like, well, this must mean that they don't value my time or they don't respect me or whatever it is, the deeper meaning that you're assigning to. And then you're going to find all of your friends, right? And you're going to start complaining to all your other mom friends. And it starts in this whole long session where we're all complaining about some things that our significant others aren't doing. And then when we go back and we see our significant others, we're either mad and we start a whole big fight or we're distant. And the end result is we're disconnected from them and we've spent a lot of time on something that honestly doesn't require the amount of time and emotional effort that we put into it. So why do we do this? Well, we do this because we have manuals for people. We have manuals for our significant others. We have manuals for strangers we meet at the grocery store. And we have manuals for ourselves. And we create these manuals because they're a guide for how we think others should act, how we think others should feel. And we have this for everybody, right? So we have a manual, like I said, for the lady in the grocery store who cuts in front of us in line. And we're like, oh, a good person wouldn't just cut through in line. They would say, excuse me, or they would go behind us, right? So we have manuals for every human that we interact with in life. Now, Manuals aren't necessarily bad, right? Manuals are a way for us to navigate and process our world. They're a way for us to make sense of the world we live in. And our manuals are built based on our prior experiences, our current situations, and what society or the society that we are living in says we should do, right? And in society, we have shared manuals. We have a shared manual on what's good and what's bad, what's legal and what's illegal, what's moral and what's amoral, right? And so in and of themselves, they're not a bad thing. So why are they a problem when we're using them in our relationships? Well, there's only a problem with a manual when there's a mismatch between what your manual is saying and what the other person's manual is saying, right? Because not only do we have these manuals, but our family, our kids, 
our significant others, they also have a manual of how they should be acting and how we should be acting, right? And so when there's this manual um, mismatch, that's when we have problems, right? So we start to think that we know how they should behave better than they know how they should behave, right? We think that they are right. And sometimes, here's the tricky part, sometimes they know about the manual and decide not to follow it. But sometimes we have these secret manuals that they don't even know about, right? We have this list of ways we think they should be acting and behaving, and we've never even told them about this manual. But we still expect them to follow it. Okay, so now I know some of you are thinking, that's all well and good, but what if there's things that I need my significant other to do? How can I help? How can I make him or her do these things? I'm going to have to tell you a little bit of a disappointing news. Um, we can't control other people. I wish we could. I definitely think life would be better if my husband and my kids and my family acted according to my manual because I know that's the way they're supposed to act. The problem is, is that people have agency. They have free will to decide how they want to act, and we can't force people to do things. What we can do is we can make requests, right? We can request from someone, hey, I need you to do X, Y, or Z. Or now we're not going to say, here, I have a manual. This is what I want you to do. But you can say, hey, here are the things that like I need you to do in order to make life work. The point of this podcast is not how can we change other people. The point of this podcast is that we spend so much time spinning in the he or she could be, should be doing these other things. We're trying to control them. We're trying to control the situation. And in the end, we can't. We can't control them. We can't control the situation. They're not always going to do the things we ask. They have a different manual for how they should be doing things. And then we end up getting more frustrated, less connected to our significant other, and we still don't get our way. So what are we going to do? Is there a better way? Well, I'm going to talk to you about a method I like on how to approach situations when there is a manual mismatch. And you guys might have guessed it. It's going to use the notice, need, and now what framework that I love so much. So the first step is we're just going to notice that we're operating from a manual and that there might be a manual mismatch. So I'm going to use the example of my husband helping out with carpool. So if I find myself working on getting the carpool together and starting to have thoughts like, God, he never does the carpool. Why am I always the one that's doing this? I'm going to pause and say, all right, I am operating from my manual. And my manual is saying that my husband should be helping me arrange the carpool this week. And then I'm going to recognize that if he's not helping to arrange the carpool, then there must be some manual mismatch where it's not in his manual that he should be operating from the carpool. And that's all we're going to do in step one is we're just going to notice it. Okay. Step two is going to be what do we need? And step two is broken down into three parts. So the first part is what do you need? right? So why is it bothering you this week that your husband is not helping out with the carpool, right? So it might be, hey, I have an extra busy week at work and I just don't have the bandwidth to do this. I don't have the time to do this. I wish that he would help out with it. It might be that um, I am doing a ton of stuff on the kid front and the home front and I need him to 
be a little bit more active in what we're doing for the kids. It might mean that I just need a little bit of a break, that there's other things going on in my life and that I'm just exhausted and I need support. And in my manual, he should know that I need support. But in his manual, he doesn't recognize that I need support. Okay, so once we figure out what we need, we're going to get a little curious and try to figure out, well, what does our significant other need? So what manual might they be operating from? What does their manual say that we should be doing? Their manual might say, my wife handles carpool. End of sentence, doesn't do anything else, right? Their manual might say, hey, I have X, Y, and Z things to do, and I couldn't possibly do carpool. What are the things that they might need? All right. And the third part of the needs section is what deeper meaning are we assigning to this mismatch? So if it was just literally, hey, I need help with carpool, we would ask for the help with carpool and it wouldn't become this big deal. When it becomes this big deal and this big fight that we start perseverating over and then we complain to other people and everything, it usually has a deeper meaning. For me, the deeper meanings usually involve things like he doesn't respect my time. He doesn't see all the things that I do. He doesn't realize how busy I am. He doesn't value me. All of those kind of things. That's why it becomes a problem, because there's this deeper meaning. So now that we've explored what we might need, what they need, and our deeper meaning, we can go into the now what phase. Before we even start a conversation with our significant other, we need to spend a little bit of time thinking about what would be our ideal solution. So think about all possible solutions. This is where you need to keep your mind nice and open and don't rule anything out. So in the carpool example, one possible solution could be, I just continue to do the carpool. This was a bad week this week, but next week will be better. I like doing the carpool. I have a system. I want it done my way. I'm just going to continue to do it. Another possible solution would be, my husband starts doing the carpool. I have too much on my plate. It's going to be ongoing. I don't want to do the carpool anymore. He needs to step up and do the carpool. Another possibility could be, you know what? These next two weeks are busy and I can't do the carpool, but I do want to do it in the future. So let's have a discussion about how he might do the carpool and I can explain to him how the carpool runs. Another possible solution might be, Neither of us have the time or space to do the carpool, and we want to outsource it to someone else. Maybe we want to hire a nanny or a babysitter that can take our kids to um, their extracurricular activities. Again, just keep your mind wide open about all possible solutions. Now that you have all possible solutions, now you can approach a conversation with your significant other. And we're going to call this a curious conversation. So instead of how we've handled this in the past, or at least how I've handled it in the past, which is going to my husband, accusing, being like, you never do this, you never do that, you don't respect me, starting a whole big fight, which what's going to happen when someone attacks you? They're just going to be defensive. They're going to dig in more. Uh, they're going to dig their heels in more, and they're going to say all the ways that they could be doing things. So instead of going in accusing him or her of not doing what we want them to do, we're going to go in with curiosity. You might say something like, hey, listen, I know I've always arranged the kids' carpool, but this week has been really crazy. I know the next couple weeks are going to be busy. I think we need to talk together about a different solution because in my mind, we should share this carpool responsibility. And when you don't share this responsibility, I make it mean that you don't appreciate the work I'm doing or you don't respect the my time or the other things that I'm doing. And 
When we approach it in this way of saying, here's the problem that we need, here's the thoughts and what I'm making it mean, how can we come up with a solution together? It leads to, in general, not always, in general, it leads to a more productive um, conversation. Then after you've explained and you've set everything out, pause and listen to your significant other. When they don't help or when they're not doing the things that you want, what's going on in their mind? Ask them questions to try to uncover what their manual is. And from this place of a shared understanding of where you're coming from from your manual and where they're coming from from their manual, then you can attack the actual problem at hand, which is your kids have extracurricular activities and you guys need to figure out a way to get them there. And then you can lay out all of the possible solutions you have. You can pause and listen to them and hear what possible solutions they might have and then come to an agreement on this. This is much more effective than the shame-blame game we normally do of telling them how they're doing it wrong, blaming them for how we're feeling, and then not getting to a viable solution. Now, I want to prep you for something else that might happen. You might come up with a solution, and your significant other might not be happy about it. So let's take a step here and examine that. Your significant other, let's use the carpool example, has been not doing any carpool and you've been handling all of it, which means he or she has been having that time to do other things they need to do in their life. Now that you've come up with a solution, say your solution is you're going to alternate weeks on who arranges the carpool. Now they are going to have to change their schedule, change their lives to accommodate the solution. Remember how I talked about earlier where you can't uh, control people, you can't control how they act, you can't control how they feel. So your significant other might be mad because now their life is a little different. They are a little inconvenienced. So you need to get over the fact that when you ask someone to do something, when you ask someone to help you, you might inconvenience them. And that is okay. And it is okay for your significant other to not be happy about this new change and solution. Another way to look at it is they're not happy, it's changing their life, but they love me enough that they're going to do this, right? So allow them the space and the time to be unhappy and to adjust to this new uh, routine of how you handle things. All right, so we've talked about how we can use the manual in situations where you have a need for your significant other to step in and help more. But this can also be used in other situations. And I want to give you an example from my life. So I used to get upset because my husband, um, he's a lovely man. He does great things, but he is just not really good at flowery expressions of emotions and, you know, doing cutesy little romantic things. Um, or even he doesn't say I love you as much as I say I love you to him. And I used to make that mean, well, first of all, I had a manual that a good husband would do that, right? A good husband would do flowery romantic gestures and say romantic words to me once in a while. And he would say or should say, I love you at least once a day, if not more, right? And so when he wasn't doing that, the deeper meaning I was assigning to it was he doesn't love me as much as I love him. And now that's a really crappy thought to think, right? That your husband doesn't love you as much as you love uh, him. And we used to get in these huge fights because I'd be like, well, you never love me because you don't do X, Y, and Z. And this poor guy would be like, 
oh my God, what is she talking about? I totally love her. Why does it mean I don't love her just because I don't say I love you five times a day? So when I was able to apply the manual example to this, I was able to look at and actually have a conversation with him about what this means. And he would be like, Susanna, it makes me really uncomfortable to say flowery romantic things. Like, he's like, just not me. It's just not something I'm comfortable doing. But he's like, but I put gas in your car and I go to Costco. And he listed all these things that he does because he loves me and because he wants to make my life easier. Now, the old me would look back and be like, yeah, but those aren't romantic things. That's not love. But the thing is, is in his manual, that was love. And that is how he was showing me love. And so by doing this work, I was able to see life through his lens, through his manual. And it made me stop being so resentful. I was able to see the love that he was able to show. And I was able to then open my eyes to other ways that he was showing me love that previously I had just ignored. And so I like this example because it's a way of examining the manual where no one had to change just by realizing the manual I had, realizing the manual he had, and letting go of it that I could um, find some peace and let go of that story. Okay, so what is your work for the week? So next time you're having a disagreement, you know, we used a lot of examples here with spouses, but this could definitely be applied to uh, friends and other family members. But so the next time you're having a disagreement, pause and see if you're operating um, from a manual and if this disagreement is because of a manual mismatch. If it is from a manual mismatch, then you're going to pause and notice that. You're going to explore what you need. So what is it that you need from the situation? What is it that the other person needs from the situation? And what is the deeper meaning you're assigning to that? After you do that, you're going to figure out your now what, which is what are all the possible solutions that can come from this? And then you're going to have a curious conversation where you're going to explore these options with the other person. So we talked about earlier in the past when we spiral out of control and we go down this rabbit hole of all the things they should be doing and all the things we're doing and then start complaining about it to other people, that this is a big time sink. So when you start doing this work and you start letting go of some of your manuals, I want you to notice how much time you're getting back into your life and what are you going to do with all this extra time and mental space? So I hope that this episode helped. Again, let me know if you prefer the written word on the blog or you'd prefer a podcast version of our weekly updates. Um, and drop me a DM um, on Instagram at allthethingscoach um, and let me know what manuals you have for your significant others or friends. And if you've tried this approach and were able to kind of drop your manual and come to a better solution. So I hope this all helps and I'll talk to you all next week.